to all my guys, gals, and non-binary pals of Audio Podcast Land, and welcome to another exciting episode of Dusk Vale, a Monster of the Week actual play podcast. I am your lore keeper, Mikey, and you can follow me all over the internets at various iterations of Pop Culture Geek. You can also follow all of us collectively at Vibe Tribe Productions. We're going to want to give us a follow to stay up to date on all the actual play podcasts and pop culture podcasts we got going on. There's a lot of projects in the works at the moment, which means there's something for everyone. So Give us a little follow, stick around, and we promise we will entertain you in one way or another, whether it's through great storytelling or full-on chaos. It's going to be a great time regardless. As always, I am joined by my lovely cast of players tonight, so we're going to go around. We're going to do some introductions, plug any socials and projects they got going on, and then the question for tonight is going to be, what is one piece of lore like whether it be a monster story a fairy tale story that just resonates with you or an alternatively what fairy tale would you be most interested to learn more about if it were a real thing so if it were to come to life which would be fascinating for it to happen in the real world I have determined before session started that eeny weeny miny mo the dice gods and I love him to death but Dakota you shall be the first to go. I don't like you. You're an evil person. Hey, I am Love you too. Or Shiro. Either or. You can find me here in a variety of shows. The Tavern Tales, Call of Duty, The Academy, Crystal City, and here on Duskvale playing Max Calaveras. Calaveras, right? Yes? Good. Man. Fairy tales, huh? If it helps, it could also be mythological lore as well. <laughs> Dude... I'll be honest, I just want to see how in like the different variations of like different mythologies, if we go into like Japanese or Greek or Roman, I want to see how the celestial bodies work in those like, universes. I would just love to see that. I hope we do. Excellent. Alrighty. Next to give us their introduction and to answer the question is going to be Panda. Hey, I'm Panda. I only really have my TikTok still. I don't have much else set up at the moment. Looking to getting Twitch set up eventually to start streaming games. And to answer the question of what I would like to learn more about, I have three that are tied with each other because they're both equally as interesting as the other. In general, I'd like to learn more about Yggdrasil and Ratatoskar as like that mythology specifically, but also as Ratatoskar as a separate entity. Because Ratatoskar is very interesting to begin with. And learn more about Ragnarok. Because I have found that there's one that says Ragnarok is the end of the world. And another that says Ragnarok continuously happens. And is just a repeating cycle. And I'm like, interesting. So I'd like to learn more about those. Awesome. All right. Next to give their introduction is going to be Connor. That's me. Hi, everybody. I'm Connor. I am playing... Uh, Danny Calaveras, the spooky, in tonight's game of Duskvale. You can find me in A Walk Among Gods and Neon Memories here on Vibe Tribe. And I'm very excited to be a part of everything. Um, I have an odd fascination with the social and political and economic impact of If Neverland Was Real. And I think that would be a very interesting thought experiment. 
could go deeper into. Not only is like the nexus of all things where time has no meaning, but also what that means for everyone involved. There you go. Neverland. That's how I roll. Love it. Alrighty. This next person. Listen, at the time of this recording, we had another game the day before and they made my heart squee just because I thought the ending to the last episode of Neon Memories was great. You've come to know and love him, but I'm going to let him talk about himself a little bit more. The one and only. You know what? I'm going to call you Chris because you're the only one in this game. Me? Chris? Oh, okay. Hey, everybody. Sutfin. Chris, I guess for this episode, I don't know. My name seemed to change. I still have Parkinson's, number one. Two, check me out on the socials at Cosmos Prefect on the TikTok. And everywhere else, just look under Parky.tv. We're trying to do some really cool stuff there. Tonight, Luther Gray, The Wronged, is just going to be brewing and just simmering, trying to figure out what's going on tonight. So, I, And then for gosh, the question... Probably recently, the one that's most intrigued me, and I remember reading about it a while back, but The Legend of the Moon-Eyed People. If anybody's ever heard that one, it's a it's an old Cherokee legend, and it's prominent here in, in Southwest in the mountains, like Southwest Virginia. I'm on East Coast, yeah. But it's just, it's interesting that trying to think of what was here before the colonizers came in kind of thing, and just, and the there's all this knowledge that we've missed and forgotten that's probably just lost to the ages that would be really cool to know. So that's going to be my thought experiment, Connor. I've been working on that one for a while, too. So Most excellent. <laughs> all right. Next person to give their introduction, the one and only. He is my co-host on other places and a player and many others. And I'm going to give him massive amounts of shit for it just because I can. But I love him to death. It's going to be John. Hi, my name's John. I'm affectionately known as the professor from time to time on a handful of things here at the Vibe Tribe. Be sure to check them all out. The questions are hard. I, as far as I, the fairy tale thing's a rabbit hole, so I can't do it because my brain went a thousand different places. But I will say the folklore that I've followed since I was a kid and I've always looked at, and I'm just going to put this out there. I'm a full grown ass man. Fairies, uh, actual fairy folklore and how that's different from culture to culture between Native American and indigenous culture here and Australia and Ireland and Celt and Canada and all what that means. And there's some scary freaking stories. And there's a few YouTube documentaries that have been independently made that are like really cutesy. And then they end terrifying because there's kidnaps and murders and weird shit. But if you've heard of like Silky Legend and off the coast of France and the Gales and some of the crazy stuff, like there's some fairy legends, for lack of a better term. That are just fascinating. And that's, I don't think anyone's ever written a book or done a movie or done it real justice because it's always Tinkerbell and cute fairies. But it's like, no, fairies are mean. They're going to steal your soul and then eat your eyeballs. So don't play around. That's why they say what, you be careful what you say to the Fae and never give them your name. Oh, you never give me your name. Yeah, I actually did a story about the Fae on the TikTok if you want to go find it. And it's actually 90% true of what my fairy experience was in ireland because i made a mistake and i made a zelda joke at a fairy forest about putting one in a bottle and that was a mistake you and, need uh, to go watch the series of tiktoks because it was <laughs> such a it was such a great time just watching the series 
Yeah, and the people from Ireland reached out to me afterwards, and they were like, you did what? Where? I was like, yeah, I shouldn't have done that. No, why did you? So it was good stuff. You made a joke in the fae, in a fae forest, about putting a fae in a bottle. I sure did. And you expected to walk away from that unscathed. I didn't what did expect... you think was going to happen? I was still American. here. <laughs> I didn't know. And then I got a, just a little taste of, hey, humble yourself. And it never really left me. So that really happened. But if you, yeah, if you want to hear the rest of the story, go check him out on the TikToks for that series of videos because it is a great time. Yeah. And this is Mikey wrapping me up. So it's not a 15 minute intro. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good story. <laughs> if I can find it, I'll link it, but it's so good. And then, of course, last but certainly not least, what he's one of the ride or die people he's been with me since day one in this whole adventure and i'm glad that we get to continue to play games together but enough with me rambling on i'm gonna let him introduce himself to you also the one and only jace hey how you doing it's jace or jc vanguard you can find me on tiktok but you ain't gonna find something i've really recently posted tonight i'm gonna be playing i believe his name is mason smith this the expert i don't really have a folklore or fairy tale I'm supremely interested because I don't really read those anymore. I'm mainly stuck in sci-fi lore. If you wanted to know something about Halo, I got you. But me knowing something about fairy tale, I'm sorry. I don't do that no more. I feel like Halo counts though. That's lore and legend stuff. Fair, yeah. it all, it, game lore still counts as lore because it's an entire backstory, which is all really all the fairy tales are too, is it's lore. That teaches you an actual lesson. Yes, but in a sense, we're talking about more like a folklore type thing right now. That is true. But like he he's humbling himself. But this man's knows a lot about Halo lore just from the few conversations that we've had. So JC knows his stuff and I can vouch for that as well. Read every book and comic and I have the encyclopedia read front to back. Yep. Yep. (laughs) So good. So good. Alrighty. I guess I will answer the question next. It's I'm in the same boat as John. Picking a fairy tale is too hard because my head my brain will go down to everything that fairy tales are my jam for all intents and purposes. But and just as a disclaimer, so I'm a big video game person, and so my introduction to the grand scheme of the world of mythology comes from the Persona series, in which if anybody knows about the game. You make not necessarily deals, but you have the power to summon different mythological fishers, fic, fi, people, and monsters from all various religions and geographical locations. And the one pantheon that really caught my interest that I went down a rabbit hole to learn more about was the gods that are in the Hindu pantheon. So, like Parvati and all of them, they're very interesting. And it's just, it was. I will just say I spent two weeks of my summer vacation just learning more about Hindu mythology and they may or may not have made their way into my current games that I'm running because I found them so fascinating. Shameless plug, go check out season one because there's a lot of those. <laughs> to be fair, it gets interesting when it's, oh, here's this deity, but they are also technically this deity and this deity too, just different aspects. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, that was very interesting to learn, but that is my answer. And with introductions out of the way, let us jump into the session proper with a quick bit of a recap. So last time on Duskvale, 
we got an introduction to our final character, Jack, who apparently got his phone taken from a child. Like A child stole his phone is essentially what ended up happening from that little interaction. So he currently doesn't have a cell phone right now. Don't worry, we'll get it back, I promise you. But more importantly, our, I guess I'll call them team, but I'm going to put it in air quotes. <laughs> it's more like, People united by circumstance and through magical mishap of a killer burrito in the fridge, a magical worm, books flying off the shelves and trying to attack people all at the same time. The important bit from our meeting in the board game shop is that our recently deceased high school student, Talia, is wanting to be put to rest but doesn't remember too much as to what happened so upon doing a short interview process and thanks to talking to i still i don't care what nobody says i love the voice between danny and apeggio into what was considerably the astral plane so to speak as well as everyone else being a chance to discuss a plan was formulated that in order to get more information to get to the last known whereabouts and last moments of talia's life the group decided to split into two we have team father for tsitsa so they're going to go visit the good old father the priest and that is as the team of <laughs> Jack, Mason, and Luther, while Team 2, the Calavera brothers, and Cam are going to head to the forest to see if they can find any clues as to what or who or whatever they can find in the forest leading into Talia's abduction based on the memory that she was able to describe before getting pounced on by whatever. We pick up immediately. You all have a game plan you guys have your teams and as you leave the shop you guys make your way into the different directions so we are going to start with our team father ford sitsa so that is going to be jack mason and luther the three of you are you three of you decided to go be interviewees today and your destination is the local Duskvale United Church. It's like one of those small little churches that is like non-denominational. So it's very interesting. But as the three of you make your way into the front of the church, this little, I guess we can call it a church, but it's like one of those like this was built like way before anybody was here. This has been standing since the early like 1800s is like very old school in its architecture you can see that it has been remodeled and repainted multiple times but it still looks like it belonged out it came out of oregon trail for some reason <laughs> that's how old this thing has of course there's a nice little bulletin board with the announcements on the front but it this is a little chapel slash church that is painted in all white and as the three of you open the door and make your way in the interior of this church is very comfy is the best way to put it. It's just a couple of rows of pews that have this faded magenta color upholstering on the seats and the back ends of it. On the front is you see a little altar and you see a giant like crucifix hanging up in the back of the altar as well as the little pulpit that Father Forensita uses when he's giving his sermons on Sundays. 
But as the three of you walk in, you just see a disheveled figure kind of sitting in the very front pew closest to the pulpit and the altar. And I'm not going to make you roll for it because granted, given where you're at and what you are here to do, you can see that this is Father Fornsitsa who's sitting in the front. But based on what you can see as you walk up to him, it's, you get a closer look. He hasn't really slept in too long. He's a little bit disheveled. He has like perpetual forever bedhead. He his eyes are sunken in a little bit. It looks like a mixture of no sleep and lots of crying have been happening recently. But yeah, so that is what you initially see. And as the three of you enter his peripheral vision, he just looks up at you three and just solemnly nods and then motions for you three to just sit in the pew next to him. Greetings, father. Greetings, my son. And Mason, you can hear. Normally, you're used to this man of the cloth to hold himself up more in terms of his posture and the way that he presents himself. He's supposed to be the strong religious figure of this little community. But in front of you, that facade has definitely been dropped. And in front of you, you just see a broken man, which is to be expected, granted that the emotional whiplash that has been him, his daughter going missing, his daughter being found, and then she promptly dying within a span of 72 hours or so. And so as he looks at you, Mason, he goes on and says, I'm I'm sure I assume that you are here to investigate I don't know how much more I can tell you that I haven't already told the police, but hopefully you three might be able to provide some insight that is more of the otherworldly, so to speak. So, to give a little bit of context, Father Fornsitsa is one of the few people that is aware, as I said, Duskvale, it's a, those who live here know the existence of the supernatural and monsters. And Father Fornsinsa is no exception to this because he knows about it. But it's one of those best kept secrets is we live here. We know what's going on, but tourists don't need to know about it because then they'll start asking questions. And when you ask questions, things tend to go awry. <laughs> so, well, and just looks at you, Mason and Luther and Jack. If you have any questions, feel free to ask away. I've already lost much, so there's no point in trying to hide things anymore. Father, again, let me give you my condolences. Secondly, I think you need this more than I do, and I hand him the flask from my jacket pocket. So, Father Fortsitsa looks at the flask, looks at you, and without even taking a beat, just nods, takes it, and just throws back a swig. Listen, he Father Fortsitsa keeps it all the way 100. He keeps it all the way real. <laughs> I'm going to see him take a swig and I'm going to chuckle and laugh, but I'm still going to walk the perimeter of the pews. I'm not sitting directly with them. I'm just taking in the fact that I haven't been in here in a long time. Yeah, I agree. It's one of those losses is always difficult, no matter what happens, but we share and we understand what you've been through. And 
I know it's uncomfortable, but we still, we're just trying to, like you said, we just try to figure out what's going on. And then if they're done, Luther, he grabs the flask, takes a shot, and then just glances around and taking in, just seeing if anything's off kilter, I guess you could say. Luther, I'm going to, we're going to come back to you because I'm going to have you roll something real quick. So let me put a pin in that for now so we can come back to it. But so actually, you know what? Let's take care of it now because this actually might help. I want you to, since you're looking for something that's a little off kilter, I would like you to roll me an investigative mystery, please. <laughs> Let me get my list of questions. So your investigative mystery, you're going to roll your plus two and you're going to either add, subtract or do nothing with whatever you have in your sharp. So that's a six. Oh, no. So here's the good thing, though. On a six, you get to mark experience on your sheet. So that's a good thing. But on a six or less with investigative mystery, you reveal some info to the monster or whoever you are talking to. So what is one bit of information about Luther that you accidentally let slip, given the circumstances of being in this church? And I'm going to be a little more specific because you brought up the idea of loss. And given with what I know, I would like you to give me a little bit of insight of what you are feeling in this moment. And why are you feeling this way? It's going to be a while and you're going to keep waking up every day and expecting to see or hear them. And they're not going to be there. But there's there'll be little slit, slim, precious moments that you'll hear their voice in a memory or hear something or remind you of it of them and uh, it, it's one of those things they say time heals but no it's always there with you and it doesn't go away and it doesn't get easier it just becomes something that you don't notice always immediately but i'm i understand just know that know that i'm with you in this Oof. As you are mentioning this, Father Forsinza just nods, takes another swig, and just looks over to you, Mason. So, I guess ask away. What would you like to know first? So, you know about the supernatural. We've talked with, we've, you and I have had several conversations over the years. I want to know what out of anything that you've noticed or heard over the last couple of days, even today, that threw you off. That's wait a minute. What? Give me anything you can think of. Anything that the cops wouldn't even pay attention to. I want. I'm sorry. It's hard to bring it up and make you think over this again. But you know what I want. What we intend to do, and I can. You know we can figure it out. Let me think. I've told it. Well, what I can tell you is what I told the sheriff. One moment, my daughter was here. The next t thing I know, she's missing. She never came home. What were the details of her missing? Like, how did it happen? Was there anything around her? Did you see smoke? Did you see fire? It was just a world. The details are what I need, buddy. From last time I saw her before she came back, she said that she was going out to hang with her girlfriend, Ash. And they were going to study because they had a big test that they had coming up. And when I didn't hear from her, 
And when she missed curfew, I gave Ash a call, and she told me that Natalia left a while ago, and she was surprised to hear that she never made it back home. So upon that, I called the sheriff, I let them know, and then from there, they went looking for her. They couldn't find her. That They didn't know anything. They were looking into it, and then... As the father for said, looks at you, Luther. And then days later, she walks into the diner where Mr. Gray here happened to be the one that she ran into. Yeah, there's it's going to be something really insignificant that we you may not have even noticed that's going to set us on the right path to figuring out what's going on here. Just not I don't want to not to put you on the spot, but just something you know, off about your daughter's personality yeah. or about Ashley's personality that just didn't seem right. Anything. One sec. <laughs> Don't run away when it's just getting good. Man, we were right in the middle. Like, oh. I was Don't run away. He said he had props, so I was wondering what was going on. So. That was there, oh, there's going to be a prop, Ashley? <laughs> Hi! <laughs> yeah, it's a blow-up doll. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> I have props for later. I just needed to make sure that I up had... You're blow-up doll? No, be quiet. Is the guy or the girl one? Anyways. Mikey, I I asked you a question. Before I can do what I do, I asked you a question. Okay. Hold up, let me check. It might sound insignificant, but it matters to me. Just so I don't blow up your game. Apparently not the game. There's a doll that might be a different story. You brought it back up. I was ready to let that part of the joke die. It's kind of hard to kill a doll. It's okay. We all know about the doll, Mikey. It's fine. Dolls, plural. You can see the air pump on the back shelf there, right there. Shut up. I'm not ignoring your question, John. I'm actually answering it. He's going to blur his background. You can can ignore me as you see fit. Okay, so I sent it, so we'll get back into it. So, Mason, as you asked that question, Father Forzinta just goes, Oh, it's Talia's behavior before her disappearance seemed off even for her granted she is or sorry she was model student good grades captain of the the cross-country team kind loving but there was something within the last couple of days before her disappearance she started to act to i guess the best word would be paranoid She mentioned to me over dinner one evening that she felt that somebody was watching her. But when I asked her further details, she just would brush it off and just say, oh, it's probably just all the stress and make some sort of excuse of a test coming up, a speech she has to give, meat that she was preparing for. But I know when she's not telling me the truth and normally I'm able to get her to tell it to me but what she wasn't telling me seemed different than her usual regular teenage angst she seemed legit frightened of something but I can't put my finger on what and maybe if I actually dug deeper she would still be here and Maybe I could have prevented whatever. I'll think of what else. 
Don't think of what ifs. It's, it's not going to help. It'll it'll not help your mental state if you're thinking about what ifs right now. I understand, but it won't help you. Regret is a horrible thing to think about right now. I'm going to walk down the center of the pews, hearing what was just said, and I'm going to walk past the father and take a few steps and sit on like the step in front of the pulpit, not on the pulpit, but like the step in front so that I'm facing the father. And I'm going to look up and say, it's been a while since I've been here. And you know what he's right. Regret's not gonna save you now. So, <laughs> Father Fornsinsa looks at you, Jack, and just nods and says, I fully understand now. I've been doing this for 30 years. I have seen many a funeral service being held in this little chapel. I have officiated a lot of them. And I always yeah. tell myself, I can never understand the pain of losing someone, especially if it is of your own child, your own blood. And he looks up and meets eye to eye with you, Jack, and just says, I fully understand the pain that you went through when I officiated that service all those years ago for you. And now I fully understand. And... I'm sorry. Father Fornsitsa, again, facade gone, just cracks and begins to cry. <laughs> I'm going to put my hand, like reach out a little bit on, on Father's shoulder, and I'm going to say, Emilio. Hey. Emilio. And hopefully Emilio looks at me. I'm just going to keep saying that until Emilio looks up. <laughs> yeah, immediately. Because, <laughs> yeah, so... For if it wasn't given, Emilio is Father Forcinsa's first name, so his full name is Father Emilio Forcinsa. But Emilio looks at you, Jack, and just red puffy eyes with tears flowing down his face. Tell us everything. You know this town. Nothing is what it seems. Ever. Did she pick anything up while she was out or any trinkets or just objects or anything that may have been new or different or that you can you, think of? You were a teenager in this town. You did stupid shit. Oh, yeah. We all did. I'm going to look right <laughs> to the two of them and say, we all did. And look back at Emilio. <laughs> and I'm going to say, did you see anything? On her body, on her hands, her friends, anything. It all matters. So, at this moment, as Emilio is just standing there, and he threw his cascading tears, so to speak, he briefly thinks about it, and he says, there is one thing that, when I went to go collect her, Talia's effects, there was something in there I didn't recognize. And he reaches into the pocket of his vestment and pulls out this tiny silver key attached to a small chain and hands it over to you, Jack. So as you're inspecting this key, it's like a... Now, what takes you off guard a little bit is as you're investigating this key 
the way that this key is made, it's interesting because it looks like it belongs to a different time period. It's like very old fashioned, very ornate. It's silver in color, but there are small what look to be red rubies encrusted into the central design, which shows surprisingly it is a clover with the rubies encrusted in the center of it, which also overlap with the clover and the rubies, the way that they are positioned kind of form what looks to be some sort of eye smack dab in the center of this metallic clover. And of course, attached to the key is a small silver chain as like you would if you were to wear the key around your neck of some kind. And of course, based on the conversation you guys had at the board game shop and what information it was exchanged, this logo on the key is the one thanks to a little bit of information from Mason at the board game shop. This is the same logo that belongs to Alt Ego, which is the same tattoo design that Talia had on her wrist as well. <laughs> I'm going to look at it, taking in all the information you just said, and I'm going to hand it to Mason. Yeah. I'm just going to hand mm-hmm. it over to Mason, just dangling it. And I'm just going to say, well, and just hold it out for him to see. I'm going to grab it like this and look at it more closely. Kind of funnel it in my hand. I'll let it go. I'll drop it in your hand. Now, where does this go? Does she have any locked boxes in her room? Mm, not that I'm aware of. She has a jewelry box, but it's one of those ones that you give the girl when she's like... 12, yeah, I know. Yeah, 12. <laughs> okay, I think this key's a little too big for that anyway. Okay, Luther, got any ideas? I'll just hand it to Luther. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, it's unique, I'll admit. But like I said, somebody, there's got to be a lock somewhere for this key. Otherwise, why would it exist? I'm going to try something and hopefully not blow up your game, Mikey. I'm going to look at Emilio, and I'm going to... It's not, okay, this is up to you with this one. It's not intimidate, but it's a compassionate, like I'm looking into your soul sort of thing. I'm not sure what that means. And I'm just going to say, so, was she going in the woods? There is a bit of a pause as Emilio, still a little bit heartbroken, but you see his posture changed a little bit. And he ends up just a tiny bit and just looks at you <laughs> and just says, how did you know? Emilio. I'm going to make just look into his eyes again. Come on. You're bigger than that. Okay. So if you want anything further, <laughs> Jack, I'm going to have you. Technically, I'm going to be a little loose and fast with this, but I want you to roll manipulate someone for me because you, you. And again, when you manipulate someone, not necessarily you're lying or you're intimidating them to do it. But I also consider passion as part of it. So you're going to roll yeah. your two dice and add whatever you have to charm in it. And let's see what happens. Oh, man. oh, please. I'm checking the charm now. 
Minus one. All right. So charm is exactly what I want in this situation. Okay. Hey, Mike, yes, something. <laughs> Tell me it's a pair of ones. Tell me it's a pair of ones. I mean, that would have been great. It's a six. Okay. <laughs> the old seven minus one. So I'm overjoyed. Actually, storytelling wise, that's probably that might work a little better. But anyway, go ahead. You know what? I'm going to wait to mention luck because it's not really that dire situation quite yet but we'll get there so on a six or less with manipulate someone your approach is completely wrong you offend or anchor the target oh how do i want to do this you know what this is what happens so as you try to be passionate Jack, your approach to the situation is while you empathize a little bit, you also miss some of the more nuances when it comes to the social cues of when it in the situation. And as you're just come on, man, like you're the moment you say you're bigger than this, he just his composure just cracks. And in an instant, he just backhands you across the cheek and just seething with pent with frustration and sorrow and obviously the fragility of the emotional state that he is currently in right now. But upon hit, smacking you across the face, he retreats back into himself, realizing what he's done and just looks at his hand and says, looks back to you and just says, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. And just sits back down, like slowly starting to shut into himself a little bit. I'm going to look at Emilio and I'm going to say, I'm going to holding my cheek and I'm going to say, hey, that's all right. I almost hit you once. And I'm going to stand up and I'm going to start walking out. Luther chimes in and says, I know it's good that you can feel those emotions because you're going to have to work through them. But this is going to be tough. It's tough for all of us because we're here with you. So I appreciate it, Luther. And just just nods his head. And I haven't gotten a chance, but thank you for making my little girl's last moments okay. Thank you for finding her and bringing her to the hospital like you did. I was sorry that it had to circumstances happened in the way they did, but and Father Fornsisa just nods and then looks to you, Mason. Oh, well, if there's anything else you wish to know, you can just ask, but that's pretty much the extent of everything that I told the sheriff, minus the key. But other than that, I don't really have anything else that could potentially help you father i don't have anything else to ask i just want to let you know that you should hold on to that flask thank you very much for all your time and effort i know we made it a little more stressful tonight but thank you and father francinsa kind of just nods a little bit and as the three of you make your way out of the church and as you're about to exit the door, just from behind, you just hear the 
rables of a broken man just cry out and just ugly sob in the cacophony of just the audible sounds of frustration and heartbreak loss all kind of manifested itself through this loud just ugly yelling and crying as the three of you walk out the door shuts behind and the three of you while getting some information realize that stakes are at a high at the moment because this uh, is actual things i like mine at medium rare or rare <laughs> oh my gosh can i turn i'm gonna turn the two of them and i'm gonna say so he's not lying but he's not telling us everything he may not be telling us everything but he gave us enough to go on he gave us things that we could play with one, let's go. I want to go talk to Ashley, see what she has to say, since she was technically the last person to see her alive or to see her before she disappeared. I'd like to speak to Ashley. I'd like to see her part, see if she was even with her or was she lying. I'd also like to see if we can find a hole for that key. As Ashley being her best friend, she may have input from the key as well. So, it's, it's, uh... so yeah, I don't mean to step on players, but Luther, so. Ashley, or Ash as she is known around town, she is more than just Talia's friend. She is the girlfriend. Uh, okay. That's what I get from missing the last episode. <laughs> it's all good. Missed that part in the recap. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I have a question, and this is, Mikey, this is a map question. Or, and this is now a throwback, so this is, this is common knowledge. The woods for this town are everywhere surrounding us or are there specific spots where it is more wooded than others? Would you say? So because Dusk Vale is a fictionalized version of what you would find in a small touristy city slash town located in the greater region of Washington state. So there is civilization towns and roads, but the, and there are some trees within the city itself but then you are just surrounded by a plethora of woods as well. So think of it as I hate that I had to use this, but this is the only reference that's coming to mind immediately. Think of it like the small town of Forks in the Twilight series. Yes, we don't listen. We don't have to go into detail, but just imagine small towns surrounded by their civilization, but surrounded by woods. That's fair. That sort of answers the question I was going to ask. Is there a graveyard attached to this church? Oh, there certainly is. There is. I'm going to look at the two of them, and I'm going to say, I'll be right back. And I'm going to casually walk towards that graveyard and just start checking the stones, because I haven't been here in a long time. Because I know where this could lead. <laughs> All right. Jack, you go around to the other side, and you check the cemetery slash graveyard as you're checking the tombstones. And then as you are walking through along the cemetery through a path of familiarity. Whether you want to remember it or not, <laughs> you find yourself back at one of the more painful sources of your memories as you are staring at a particular tombstone <laughs> and you're just standing there. I'm going to stand in silence for a minute and then I'm just going to pat the top of the tiny tombstone and just smile and I'm going to turn around and I'm going to 
put my hand on where my mystical weapon is and just feel it for a second and then walk back towards where I left the two of them. I have, I'm torn. I'm excited because I have plans for that hook, but I'm also very sad. <laughs> We're not there yet. We'll see where we go. Huh? That is true. Alrighty. So you rejoin back with Luther and Mason, and then the three of you head out to see what you can find with Ash next. We're going to cut to Team B now. As Team A is figuring out where would be the next location to hit, we cut back to the forest where we find Max, Danny, and Cam just walking on up to this large clearing. Yes, go ahead. Can we cut to the entrance of the forest, like where she specifically said she entered the forest? Yeah. That's where I was getting to. <laughs> I was just making sure we weren't like in the middle of the forest because I had a specific thing. No. So the three of you, thanks to Talia's directions and the little sketch that you guys were able to make at the shop, you guys find yourself at, according to Talia's memories, the last known location where she got is the best way of putting it. So immediately as you take in your surroundings, obviously being residents of Duskvale, for a variety of reasons, you are familiar of how to navigate at least the first portion of the woods, but nobody, unless you're the park ranger, knows how to navigate the more deeper aspects of it. But as you enter the last known spot of Talia's memories and where she got, uh, let's see. Actually, Max, you said you wanted to do something first. <laughs> there is like a reason I wanted to come here. Yeah. But if you want to hook something, we can do that first. No, if you got something you want to do to help set the scene, I'm totally OK with that. Or at least like help with what it's about to go down. I don't know if it's going to set the scene. It's well, more okay. of a investigation um, type thing. In Cam's list of stuff, he's got an autonomous drone. Would he be able to use that to kind of. Okay, so then I don't know much about that. I was going to say, can we use that to go further so we're not risking ourselves, so to speak? Okay, so here's what I'll say. So, so Cam, are you do you want to use this drone to help in further the investigation or are you looking to use this drone as an extra set of eyes to make sure nothing jumps you three while investigating here? Both. So it's going to go further ahead of us and see like more of the harder to reach areas that we can't get to easily obviously but at the same time uh also fly high enough that it sees a bigger cone of things so i'm gonna give you a hard choice here because i as much as i love that idea to make it more (laughs) interesting you can only pick one function do you want it to help you investigate or do you want it to alert you to anything that might run up on you i'm not gonna have it be able to do both at least not yet anyways that's what the level up upgrades are going to be for. <laughs> Hi, Tuna. I'm going to go with the second one because we don't know what's in these woods because this is where Talia died. But we're not exactly sure what's here because she didn't see what basically dragged her or attacked her, so to speak. So we're going to send it up to kind of scan the area for anything that... What about it? For anything that looks like it doesn't belong in the area itself. So something that isn't like natural wildlife or something. So to speak, okay. basically. 
So what I will say is when we get to it, the drone will give you a plus two. But I'm not going to tell you what the roll is going to be used for quite yet, because but yeah. Cam, as you get your drone ended up into the sky, it's just like worrying a little bit above and is acting as a second set of eyes. Max and actually I'm going to have Max and actually Danny, did you want to investigate as well? So it is. I want to do a thing before I investigate. Okay. Okay. Yes. Okay. Now I got it now. Slow brain here. But uh, so what would you like to do, Max? So as we're walking up and Cam's getting ready with the drone, you'll see Max crack his fingers, get ready. And then he kind of reaches into his pockets, feels around can't seem to find what he's looking for until he pulls out like a longish wooden wand type thing. And uh, he'll look back at the other two and look back at the ground and then he'll start drawing a door in place. And I want to use magic to observe another time. Oh, damn. I forgot about that. <laughs> the spell slinger, man. Sorry, dad was talking. What? what is so, so, Part of the spell slinger is they have capabilities that go beyond just regular use magic roll. So essentially what Max is attempting to do is he's using magic to view into a different time. So he's basically he's looking to see Talia's last moment as if it was a movie playing out in front of you three. Yes, my goal is to use magic to go back then and then roll investigation to see what I can see in the past when it if it happens. All right. So, if it happens. All right. So we're using magic. So you're going to roll your 2d6 and you're going to add plus weird to it. So that's a five and a four plus two for 11. All righty. <sighs> so you already told me what you want to do with it. So on a plus 10 plus the magic works without issue and you are going to look into a different time. So narrate this to, to me. <laughs> So as the door gets drawn and I finish it and I start drawing symbols on the door with the other hand, I'll look back at the other two before I open it and say, mind the door. I'll open it and step through. This has been a Vibe Tribe production. Remember, take care of each other, love one another, and as always, keep those good times rolling. We'll see you next time.